Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you a little bit later this week. That is Thursday afternoon. So by the time most of you listen to this, the Thursday night game will have already happened. So when we get to that game, I just kind of have just a little bit of a rant about Thursday night football in general. So it's kind of, it's will still be relevant, even if you're listening to this after that game has already happened. I will give out a pick for the game, but we won't dwell on that too much. Last week was not good to us. Six and nine on our picks. The teaser of the week, however, did win yet again. That is now five and one on the season, but sub 500 last week. We never want to have those kind of weeks. Now, granted, I've been doing this podcast. It's my third full season giving out picks now, and I can count on one hand the number of sub 500 weeks that we've had. So I'm not going to let it phase me, but definitely not trying to let it happen again. So we're going to try to get back on track this week, but let's recap last week and start with where I got it right. Putting our best foot forward, we had seven winners, uh, not six, if you count that teaser of the week. And the teaser of the week this week was the Commanders, two plus seven and a half. They win the game outright thanks to a terrible game from Desmond Ritter. Uh, And the Bears get us there with the backdoor cover on that tee. So Commanders-Bears teaser was a winner. I gave out the Ravens minus four in the London game. They win that game 24-16 to over the Titans. And the Ravens just find a way to get it done, man. They're not flashy. They don't put up gaudy numbers. But Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews doing just enough to get the win there. I gave out the Commanders plus one and a half in addition to hitting that teaser. We also hit that game. But like I said, we kind of got lucky on that one. Uh, the Falcons were the better team. They outgained the Commanders. They on the ground and through the air. They had more sacks. They had fewer penalties. But Desmond Ritter throws three interceptions, and that game goes the other way. The Commanders win 24-16. to I gave out the Browns plus 9.5 and, and the under 38.5 last week. They win that game outright 19-17, to that Browns defense. The hype team of the week yet again, the 49ers. Every team that's getting hyped, getting smoke blown up their butt, they just keep losing and happens yet again. The hype team is now 0-6. That's going to come back later in the podcast, but the Browns win this game outright against the 49ers. I gave out the Rams minus seven. They win 26 to nine over the Cardinals, and this Rams team might be good again. The Cardinals have been scrappy, but I kind of think that that beginning of the seasons where they where they played those two close games against the Commanders and the Giants and then beat the Cowboys outright, I kind of think that might have been, been them just playing over their heads a little bit, and I think we're finally seeing, yeah, this Cardinals team is pretty bad. I gave out the Lions, Bucks under 43 three uh the lions win that game 20 to 6 this is one of my favorite plays of the week and i actually have a couple of units uh in real life on this game on the under in this game uh, i just knew this was going to be a slog fest this is one of the few games that actually went the way that i thought it was going to and finally i gave out the under 50 in the cowboys chargers game that game flies under 20 to 17 the cowboys pull that game out and like i said on the podcast whoever loses this game is going to be the most talked about team of the week and sure enough uh Justin Herbert and the Chargers definitely feeling the wrath of the media this week. Everybody's talking about, oh, Justin Herbert, are we sure he's this great quarterback that he's being billed as and blah, 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 blah. We'll touch on that when we talk about Chiefs Chargers later on. But unfortunately, that is going to do it for where I got it right. A shorter list than we like. We'll work on improving that this week. But let's now move on to where I got it wrong. nine losers to get to this week and I plan on having this be the longest segment of the year uh, for where I got it wrong don't plan on giving out nine losers again I started out the week I gave out the over in Broncos Chiefs and that was just dead wrong 19 to 8 that league worst 
Broncos defense, uh, a different defense showed up on Thursday. Thursday night games are just kind of a crapshoot. We'll touch on that when we talk about Jags Saints briefly here after we go through my losers. But uh, yeah, that Broncos defense just shows up out of nowhere. Uh, the Chiefs have not been the sexy offense Chiefs that they have been in the past. It's a different kind of team. They're winning more with defense. Uh, this game flies under. I gave out the Vikings Bears over, and yet again, this is another bad defense that I thought I could bank on and the Bears defense actually shows up and I also think it's worth noting that the Vikings offense is substantially worse uh, without Justin Jefferson they do get the win 19 to 13 over the lowly Bears and of course Justin Fields goes out in that game but uh, this Vikings team they were in trouble already uh, but without Justin Jefferson I just don't think this is a contending team I gave out the Bengals Seahawks over and this game looked like it was flying over there was three touchdowns very early on in this game I had the over in the game I had Joe Burrow over yards he was well over 130 yards with a lot of time left in the second quarter and all of a sudden the scoring just came to a screeching halt right there Uh, the Seahawks were the better team in this game unfortunately Geno Smith with uh, a turnover in the red zone leading to the loss for them but this Seahawks team is good Um, this game even though the Bengals won I feel better about the Seahawks moving forward through the season than I do the Bengals like I said even though the result says otherwise I gave out the under in the Dolphins Panthers game and this was just a mistake the Panthers jumped out to a 14 point lead and the Dolphins storm back they win the game 42 to 21 this game flies over I was just dead wrong on this one uh, betting the under on the Dolphins maybe not a good idea uh, in any week I gave out the Texans Saints over and the Saints I think have played 12 straight games Uh, to the under dating back to last year so uh, all of their games going under I've been on there over the last couple of weeks kind of zigging where everyone is zagging but it has not boded well they lose that game 20 to 13 to the Texans I gave out the Patriots plus three and this game really really should have won Mac Jones taking a safety uh, to push this game to 21 to 17 Raiders it was sitting of course at 19 to 17 you're looking at a Patriots cover at the very least if not a game-winning drive. Instead, Mac Jones takes the sack for the safety. The Raiders cover, and uh, that's another loser for me there. I gave out the Eagles-Jets over, and this game flies under 20-14 to 14 Jets. Uh, the Eagles, man, what were they doing at the end of this game? They have a third and 10. You can make the Jets use their final timeout. I kind of get what you're trying to do there. Okay, yeah, you, you pick up the first down, and the game is over right then and there. But at this point, it's you know, it's a very low-scoring game. Your defense has carried you. Pump the ball. Make Zach Wilson prove he can drive the length of the field and set up a a game-winning field goal. Don't understand why they were throwing there on that third and 10. The Jets get the pick, uh, return it into field goal range. Uh, The game was over right there for the Eagles. I gave out the Giants-Bills over. (laughs) Of course, this was the ugliest game of the week. 14-9 Bills. The Giants play calling on the goal line. Man, oh man. I had a Darren Waller first touchdown bet in this one. And when the Giants got down to the goal line right before halftime, I'm sitting there thinking, man, they have no timeouts. They have to throw the ball into the end zone three times. Darren Waller's going to get at least get a target here. I got a, I got a shot at this. And of course they come out, Tyrod Taylor calls an audible at the line and they run the ball and the clock's, the clock runs out and that's it. They get zero points from the one yard line. Then the same thing happens. They get a pass interference penalty in the end zone. They get an untimed down and you're thinking, okay, well, here they can run the ball. It doesn't matter. It's an untimed down. And then they decide to throw. So they 
They run when they should have thrown. They throw when they should have run. Just terrible play calling by the Giants. They should have won that game. Uh, however, my Eliminator pool is happy that they didn't win that game because I had the Bills in my Eliminator last week. Finally, I gave out the Colts-Jags under. I thought the Jags would be having kind of a hangover coming back from those two weeks in London. That did not happen. Their offense was firing on all cylinders, 37-20. to 20. They beat the Colts there. Uh, but I think it is the travel is going to catch up with the Jags this week. Uh, like I said, most of you are probably going to be listening to this after this game has already happened. So uh, you're either sitting here thinking, oh, man, what an idiot, or oh, wow, he called it exactly right. But I think the uh, Jags are due for a letdown this week. But that is going to do it for where I got it wrong. We'll take a quick break and dive into the week seven slate. Week 7 kicks off in just a couple of hours. The Jags taking on the Saints. I'm recording this around 3 o'clock. The game kicks off in 5 hours. I'll probably have this thing posted about 5 o'clock, so 3 hours before kickoff. So unless you're my most avid listener and you're listening as soon as this thing gets posted, uh, you're listening to this after this game is sacked. So just real quick, my my pick for the game. Uh, Give me the Saints. Uh, The Jags are in a tough spot coming off of two weeks of international travel followed by a divisional game a tough divisional game against the Colts. So uh, give me the Saints. I think this is a tough spot for the Jags. I digress. Thursday night football is an absolute crapshoot. I just touched on the Jaguars. The Jaguars do this international travel thing every year for the NFL to, to keep this international series going. The Jaguars, hey, thanks for doing that. You do it every year. Hey, we're going to send you over there for two weeks uh, this year. Do you mind? No. Okay, cool. Oh, so when you get back, instead of having a bye week, you're going to go play a a tough game against a division rival. And then uh, four days after that, we're going to send you on the road for Thursday Night Football. Does that all sound good to you? The NFL schedule makers absolutely screwed the Jaguars on this one. Now, maybe they, you know, like I said, you're listening to this after the game happened. Maybe maybe they won the game anyway. It doesn't matter. The NFL sits there and virtue signals about how they care about player safety. And it's just absolute bullshit. They don't care at all about player safety. The players hate playing on Thursday night. The product suffers. A lot of the time you get terrible games on Thursday night. Look at that terrible Chiefs-Broncos game we had last week. One of the, the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league. One of the best offenses in the league. The best quarterback in the league. They still couldn't get it together for Thursday night against one of the worst defenses in the league. Thursday night is just an absolute crapshoot. Everybody involved hates it, but Amazon just paid a billion, uh, with a B, billion dollars for Thursday night football. So guess what? NFL doesn't care. They're lying in their pockets. They don't give a crap about player safety. Add to that, an 18th game is coming. It's going to happen. It's in the talks. Guess what? It means more money. It's coming. So the NFL does not care about player safety. They care about lining their pockets. I have had a solution for them to do both for years now. And this is the third, fourth time I brought it up on this podcast. It is so easy to fix Thursday night football and to act like you care, at least make it look like you care about player safety. So opening night, we always have the the big NFL kickoff game. So all you have to do week one, there's now two games on Thursday. Hey, great. You get, you get two, you know, you start one at five, one at eight. That's awesome. Thursday night, you know, Thursday night, the opening night, you get two NFL games. Week two, Thursday, you play two, two of the teams who played the opening Thursday also play the second Thursday. Then you add a bye week for every team. Every team, so you wanted to add that extra week, here's your extra week. Every team gets two buys. After that, so the buys start in week two. Then only teams coming off of a bye have to play on Thursday night football. That way you don't have the, the, the teams playing on four days rest. It's just not enough time for a team to recover from playing an NFL football game. You're putting the Jaguars in an awful spot, even though they're doing you a solid, doing this international travel, keeping that international series going, and you screw them over like this when they get back. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Thursday night football is a crapshoot. You do this, 
You line your pockets because you're adding an extra week of the NFL. You're giving the players extra rest, and you're making sure that none of them are playing a football game on four days rest. All right, that's the end of my rant. So uh, we're going to move on now. Like I said, my pick for this game is going to be the Saints. Uh, Now minus two. They were at minus one. News coming out a couple of hours ago that Trevor Lawrence is going to play in this game. I was expecting the line to move towards the Jaguars. It actually moved towards the Saints with that news. So uh, definitely seems like the books are trying to bait you into betting the Jaguars there uh, for whatever that is worth. Diving into the 1 o'clock games now, starting with the best 1 o'clock game on the slate, the Lions taking on the Ravens. The Ravens, a a 2.5-point favorite at home in this one, the over-under sitting at 42.5. And And the Lions would be my hype team that I'd be betting against this week, but they're an underdog, so I don't think you could call an underdog the hype team. But they are a square dog. 77% of the money line bets are on the Lions. 81% of the against the spread bets are on the Lions. No Dave Montgomery in this one. Jameer Gibbs is banged up. He's questionable. They're coming off a huge road win. On the other side, you have the Ravens coming off of a London game last week. Now, I know this Lions run defense is highly touted. They've been great all year, but the Ravens rushing attack is not like any other rushing attack in the league. They're heavily reliant, obviously, on Lamar Jackson. Now, you look at The Lions run defense. They did give up six carries for 45 yards to Patrick Mahomes. They gave up three carries for 20 yards to Geno Smith. And you might sit here and say that's not really that much. Geno Smith's not really a running quarterback, and that's his highest rushing total on the season. They also gave up a nine-yard touchdown run to Jordan Love. So they are susceptible to giving up rushing yards to the quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a big game on the ground in this one. He was able to run all over a Titans front. That, that is also very stout against the run and the Browns as well. So the Ravens were able to get the running attack going against two very good run defenses. I think they're going to be able to do it in this one as well. However, I think this Ravens defense is being a little bit overvalued. When you look at the quarterbacks that they have faced, they face C.J. Stroud. And yes, I know C.J. Stroud has taken the league by storm. He's playing very well, but that was his first career start. In week two, they faced an injured injured Joe Burrow. Garner Minshew and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the two backup quarterbacks after that, and then Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tannehill. So they've not really faced exactly a murderer's row of quarterbacks. So I think both offenses are going to be able to get going in this one. So give me the over 42. I also like the Ravens minus two and a half in this one, but not as much as I like this over 42 and a half. That is going to move us on to the Falcons taking on the Bucks. The Bucks a two and a half point favorite at home for this on the over under sitting at 38. This is a big game in the NFC South race. These teams separated by just a half game in the standings. And the Bucks, this is kind of a must win for them. Uh, after this game, they play at Buffalo, at Houston, home for Tennessee, and then at San Francisco. So a really tough schedule upcoming for the Bucks. The Falcons, meanwhile, are at Tennessee, home for Minnesota without Justin Jefferson, then at Arizona before going in to their bye. So the the Bucks really need to win this game uh, to keep their lead in the NFC South. Both teams are allowing and scoring fewer than 20 points per game. The Bucks are the worst rushing team in the league at just three yards, 3.0 yards per carry. The Falcons have one of the best rush defenses in the league, just allowing 3.7 yards per carry. So I don't think the Bucks are going to be able to get going on the ground. And the Bucks defense rush defense has played pretty well this year. But when you look at who they've played, they've played Minnesota, who can't run. The Bears, who had a great yards per carry average in that game, but did not commit to the run. Then they got gouged in week three by DeAndre Swift. They faced Alvin Kamara in his first game back, and he still did okay. And then they played a banged up, ugly game against Detroit after that. So I think this run defense is being a little bit overvalued. So I'm going to start the teaser of the week here. Teaser of the week. 
That is right, the teaser of the week now 5-1 and one on the year. I know we had a rough week with our picks last week, but the teaser of the week did win yet again now 5-1 and one on the season. Looking to get to 6-1. and one. We're going to start it here, teasing the Falcons up from plus 2.5 to plus 8.5. I like the under 38 in this game. That's a really low total. I expect a low-scoring game, so those six points inherently more valuable in games where the total is low. So Falcons plus eight and a half, the first leg of the teaser of the week. And as I said, we're also giving out the under 38 in this game. That is going to move us on to the Bills taking on the Patriots. The Patriots, an eight-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 41. The Bills coming off that ugly win on Monday Night Football, excuse me, Sunday Night Football against the Giants. The Pats just coming off of looking ugly the entire season. This is going to be the second leg of the teaser of the week. We're teasing the Bills down from minus eight-and-a-half to minus two-and-a-half. Now, you might sit here and say that Tyrod Taylor kind of made this Bills off defense look silly, even though they were only able to put up nine points in the game. So you might sit here and say, oh, why are we so confident that the Bills can cover this two and a half? And I'll just tell you that Tyrod Taylor scares me more than Mac Jones does. I think the Bills snap out of it here. I'm pretty confident with the teaser leg. I'm also going to give them out at minus eight and a half here. I think you see a bounce back game for Josh Allen. He tends to do this. He has these ugly games like he did against the Jets, and then he follows them up uh, with a bounce back win. I think he does the same thing here. That is going to move us on to the Browns taking on the Colts. The Colts, a three-point underdog at home, the over-under sitting at 40. And I know we've teased this a couple of times. I talked about the Jags possibly being the hype team. I talked about the Jaguars possibly being the hype team, but neither of those teams is underdogs. So here we are, the Browns. The Browns are the Week 7 hype team, 80% of the bets are on Cleveland, and yet the line is still moving the other way. The Browns, of course, coming off that huge win against the 49ers. Now they're on the road against an unassuming Colts team. Garner Minshew has this team playing pretty well. The Colts are 3-1 and one when Garner Minshew plays the majority of the snaps. They ran the ball well against Baltimore and Tennessee, which both have good defensive fronts. The Browns are getting all the hype. The hype team is 0-6 on the year. Give me the Colts plus three, and give me the Colts on the money line. The hype team goes to 0-7 on the year. The Indianapolis Colts beat the Cleveland Browns outright here. And that is going to move us on to the Commanders taking on the Giants. The Giants, a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home, the over-under sitting at 39. Washington won a game last week that they should have lost, and the Giants lost a game that they should have won. This Giants team looks frisky under Tyrod Taylor. The Commanders only won their game last week thanks to three interceptions. They got outgained 402 to 193. They out, got outgained through the air 296 to 121. They got got outgained on the ground 106 to 72. They got beat time of possession 36 to 23. They had more penalties, allowed more sacks. They ran 54 plays to the Falcons 79. The interceptions by Desmond Ritter were the only reason that the Commanders won this game. In fact, Turner's have been the only reason the Commanders have won any game this year. Enter Tyrod Taylor, who has the third lowest interception rate of any quarterback in NFL history. The Commanders are reliant on turnovers. Tyrod Taylor is not going to turn the ball over. Give me the Giants plus two and a half here. And if you wanted to throw a third leg on the teaser of the week, would not be mad at that either. Teasing the Giants up to plus eight and a half here is a pretty good play, especially considering the low total at 39. That is going to move us on to a battle of backup quarterbacks, the Raiders taking on the Bears. The Bears are three-point underdog at home for here, the over-under sitting at 37.5. No Justin Fields for Chicago. Tyson Badgett gets to start there. 
No Jimmy G for the Raiders. It's going to be Aiden O'Connell under center for the Raiders. Dante Foreman now going to be the lead back with the Bears dealing with a rash of injuries in their backfield. The Raiders are not a great team, but they have exponentially more talent than the Bears do. Uh, when you look at Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, I'd even throw Jacoby Myers in there, uh, Marcus Peters, Trevor Morig. I'd take all those guys over anybody on this Bears roster. And this Bears team is injured. They're already not very good. They're seventh in the league in rushing, but a lot of that had to do with Justin Fields, who's not going to be playing in this one. The defense is allowing 29 points per game. Uh, the Raiders have had a really easy schedule. Their record does not indicate, uh, is not indicative of, of, how good of a football team this is. Uh, their record definitely better than they actually are, but I think they do get a win this week as well. So give me the Raiders minus three. That, that is going to move us on to the Steelers taking on the Rams. The Rams, a three point favorite at home in this on the over under sitting at 44. And it's highly documented. The Steelers offense has been absolutely anemic this year, but I think the defense is a little bit overvalued as well. I know TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, one of the best pass rushing duos in the league. But outside of that, this defense has not been great. 21st in the league at yards per pass attempt allowed. On the other side, you've got Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Matthew Stafford, this high powered Rams passing attack. They're also 28th at yards per carry allowed. So the rush defense, the pass defense has not been great for the Steelers. Like I said, they're heavily reliant on that pass rush. On the other side, the Rams 22nd in the league at yards per carry. So I think you see at yards per carry allowed, excuse me. So I think you see the Steelers offense able to get going against this Rams defense as well. I'm going to take the over 44 here. I also like the Rams minus three. Like I said, I think this Rams passing attack is going to be able to get going against this Steelers secondary. And I know that the Rams have some stack injuries at the running back position, but I think this passing attack is going to be able to do enough against this Steelers defense to get by. So like I said, give me the Rams minus three and the over 44 in this one. And with that, we move on to the best game on the 4 o'clock slate. It is the Chargers taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs, a 5.5-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 48. And the Chiefs have been winning ugly. Uh, not the high-powered Chiefs offense that we're used to. This defense, second in points per game allowed. Now, the offense is still putting up yards. They're fourth in the league in yard, but just ninth in the league uh, in points. And you're looking at Justin Herbert against Patrick Mahomes here. They have physical traits that are very similar. They could both make any throw on the football field. The difference is Patrick Mahomes comes through when it counts. And I'm not just talking about Justin Herbert not getting it done at the end of games. It seems like every Chargers game comes down to Justin Herbert having one drive to prove it, and he seems to fall short every time. I'm not just talking about that. Third down conversions, one of the biggest uh, bellwethers, telltale signs of a good offense of a good quarterback. The Chiefs, 48.1% at converting third downs. That's number three in the league on the other side. The Chargers, 38.2% on third down. That's 19th in the league. Uh, when you look at the time of possession, sustaining drives, the Chiefs rank fourth. The Chargers rank 28th. But, had huge but there, all five Chargers games this year have been decided by one score. All Three losses are by three points or less. So they have three losses by a combined eight points. This is a desperate team. The Chiefs are basically walking to a division title, especially if they're able to win this game. Um, I think the Chargers are going to pull out all the stops here. Now, maybe this game comes down to the Chargers down by a field goal and Justin Herbert falls flat on his face again. But guess what? You're getting those five and a half points. And the last four games between these two teams have all been decided by six points or less. The Chiefs have only blown out one team this year, and it was the Chicago Bears. They played close games against the Jets, Vikings, Jags, 
Broncos, and Lions. So give me the Chargers plus five and a half here. I'm going to grab those points. I think this is going to be a close game. Patrick Mahomes probably pulls some magic at the end, but I think it's going to be a win by less than five points. So give me the Chargers plus five and a half. That is going to move us on to the Packers taking on the Broncos. The Broncos, a one-point underdog at home. The over-under sitting at 45. Both of these teams are spiraling. Packers coming off of a bye week. The Broncos coming off of a mini bye after playing on Thursday last week. Denver's league-worst defense actually played pretty well against Patrick Mahomes, kept the game close on the road. I think both of these defenses are actually better than the numbers might indicate. They're both bottom 10 in points per game allowed. But on the other side, the offenses, the Packers 27th in yards per game, but 13th in points per game. The Broncos 22nd in yards per game, 17th in points per game. So I think these offenses are kind of outperforming how good they actually are as far as putting points on the board. And like I said, I think both defenses are better than the numbers indicate. So I'm going to play the under 45 here. Not too much more analysis uh, for this game. I think both of these teams, as I said, are spiraling. Neither one going to really be making any noise as far as the playoff race goes under 45 my play here that is going to move us on to the final afternoon game it is the cardinals taking on the seahawks the seahawks a seven and a half point favorite at home the over under sitting at 44 and a half and like i said in the open seattle absolutely outplayed cincy last week despite the loss the cardinals have three straight losses by double digits since they kind of started out the season looking like a spunky team with those two close losses to washington and new york and of course beating Dallas in week three. I think the Seattle team is really good. I like them on both sides of the ball. I think this is a playoff team, and I think they take care of business against a much lesser opponent in the Cardinals here. Give me Seattle minus seven and a half. That is going to take us on to the primetime games, and we're going to start with Sunday night football, and this is by far the best game of the week. The Dolphins taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, a two and a half point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 52. The two top offenses in the NFL, the two top rushing teams in the NFL, both top five in sacking the quarterbacks, both converting third downs at over 44%. The Eagles, in fact, are the best third town team in the league, 50.6. The Giant, uh, excuse me, the Dolphins on the other side, ranked number seven. Jalen Ramsey looks like he might be coming back, but it's not going to be in this game. I think we have a shootout on our hands here. These teams rank 19th and 20th in passing yards allowed. I think we're going to see points galore in this one. Don't ask me to pick a side. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy and bet the over 52 and just cheer every time that there is a touchdown scored. I know this is the highest total on the board, but I really like both of these offenses. I think you see this Eagles team bounce back after a poor performance against the Jets last week, and this Dolphins offense is just going to keep scoring against everybody. So over 52 is my play here. We're going to wrap things up with Monday Night Football, the 49ers taking on the Vikings. The Vikings, a six and a half point underdog at home, the over-under sitting at 44. And a lot of banged up stars in this one. We're definitely going to have no Justin Jefferson. We have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, both questionable to play. It's really tough to judge this Vikings offense. Yes, I know that they won last week. But they're playing against the Bears. The, the Bears might be the worst team in the league. This offense was noticeably, noticeably worse without Justin Jefferson on the field. And I think that's going to continue. I think the 49ers have a bounce back game here. Give me the 49ers minus six and a half. I also like the under 44 in this one. And that is going to do it for my picks and the podcast. Just to recap. 
I like the Saints minus two tonight against the Jaguars. I like the Lions-Ravens over 42 and a half. I also like the Ravens minus two and a half in that game. I like the under 38 in Falcons-Bucks. That game is also going to kick off the teaser of the week. We're teasing the Falcons two plus eight and a half and teasing the Bills to minus two and a half. We also like the Bills minus eight and a half against the Patriots. I'm giving out the Colts plus three and Colts money line to continue the hype team of the week losing every week. The hype team this week is the Browns. We're giving out the Colts plus three there. I'm giving out the Giants plus two and a half. I like the Raiders minus three against the Bears. I like the over 44 in Steelers Rams. I also like the Rams minus three there. I like the Chargers plus five and a half against the Chiefs. I like the under 45 in Packers Broncos. Seattle minus seven and a half against the Cardinals. The over 52 in Dolphins Eagles. Finally, I like the 49ers minus six and a half and the under 44 in Monday Night Football. That is going to do it for the podcast and my picks. Thanks for listening and I will see you guys next week. Thank you.